you cannot lecture your way out of trouble that you got entertained into. Hi, everybody. Welcome to The Virtue Signal. I'm Bill Whittle with my friend Alfonso Rachel, and um, we've been teasing this for a long time, but within the next couple of days, we're going to finally be releasing this thing that we've been talking about for the longest time. And we're not going to spoil that other than to say uh, that uh, that Zoe and I uh, both performed in this. Zoe is a much better actor than I am, and everybody has a better voice than I do. Uh, <laughs> but with that said, um, we're very, very proud of it, and we don't want to spoil it other than to say we, we're both a couple of knights that are out on a on a, a quest, uh, kind of a quest for revenge, because somebody has done Zoe's character wrong. Uh, and we'll let you look at the rest of it, which again should be out within the next two or three days. But with that said, uh, Zoe, I thought it might be as good a time as any to talk about something that is sort of the meta for this whole thing. Um, our friend Evan Say it wrote a book called uh, The Kindergarten of Eden, and it is a profoundly good book with a profoundly deep insight on how the left thinks and works and operates and where they're successful and where they're not. And he used a term, he coined a term, that I think is so critically important. He talked about rhetorical intelligence. He says that the left is an abundance of rhetorical intelligence, not so much practical intelligence, but rhetorical intelligence. In other words, they are extraordinarily good at at, at, at rhetoric, at convincing people to go along with them. They're, they're masters of it. The fact that, that they have penetrated as far into society as they have with such a horrible, nasty, racist, ignorant, violent message is a testament to their astonishing skill hmm. at being able to tell stories and manipulate emotions. So I thought, well, and I know you feel this way, and virtually all of our friends in that organization that doesn't exist and probably never did uh, feel the same way. And so let's talk about rhetorical intelligence. Let's talk about what it takes to affect people, to change their minds. One of the first things I said when I started doing this kind of commentary was, um, was that people don't vote based on what they think. They vote, they vote based on how they feel. I'm utterly convinced of this. I don't sure. think it takes much convincing. In 2012, Romney won on every single category. You know, who's better for the economy? Romney. Who's better for foreign relations? Romney. Military? Romney. All of it. Romney. Except for one. And the question that that, uh, that won the election was, who do you think cares more about you? And Obama won that, I think, by 94 to 6, something like that. He cares about you as an individual. He doesn't care about you. He doesn't know you. He doesn't, he doesn't care about anybody other than himself. But he made you think that he did, or he made enough people think that he did. So without getting into specifics about what we're working on or anything else, let's just talk about this idea of entertainment as a means to influence people's emotions and, and the ability to influence people's emotions uh, turning into politics downstream of culture. Absolutely, man. You know, and I've been saying it for a, a, a long time, you know, and I talk about it in my audio book, uh, A Solid Right Cross. And, and before that, I was talking about it in, in, in my audio book, uh, Weapon of ASS Destruction. And I, I particularly named it Weapon of ASS Destruction because I wanted liberals to definitely check it out because, you know, they would probably do a search in it and probably find gay porn. But that's why they should be looking for, you know, this book and hopefully, you know, get their head right by reading it. Uh, but the thing is, with Democrats, you know, and I've said this a thousand times, they have mastered, uh, and it's not just so much that they're they're mastered. There's a there's a personality matrix where people are just wired that way. 
you know, Democrats, if you look at it's 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 like a blend that goes into their worldview, that goes into their disposition. They're they're wired for imagination, you know, and where yeah, I agree. Yeah. As, as where conservatives are more wired for practicality and in that personality matrix, there are certain things that you're going to leave out. It's kind of like making colors. You know, if you want to get the color purple, you're going to need blue and you're going to need red. Uh, if you want to get green, you're going to need yellow and you're going to need blue. Right. But mm-hmm. in, and to actually get those colors, that's what it takes. Something's going to have to be left out of that spectrum, though. So with conservatives in our personalities, you know, we're, we're going to be more wired and engineered for this, this practical approach to life. Whereas Democrats and even you hear it in their language all the time. They're always talking about reimagining things. You know, yep. it's like, OK, they live in this imagination line and everything that they push is based on imagination. Absolutely. You know, the way they want things to be. Exactly. It's thinking. Yeah, it's That's a fantasy. Right. You know, um, whether it comes to their gender identity, you know, all that stuff is totally imagined, right? right. Uh, imagining the, the child in the womb isn't human. You got to imagine all that. Imagining that your stuff is actually my stuff. Everything about what they do. The, uh, where you can print money and give it to poor people and they won't be poor anymore and everybody wins. Right? Yeah. I mean, you would think that we'd be able to solve this whole deficit yeah, just problem. Print, just print enough just money print to make life. everybody a millionaire. Yeah, nothing to it. It doesn't seem to be working, but, you know, and, and these and this imaginary worldview has real world consequences <laughs> and we're definitely feeling it. But my, my point is, is that if Democrats, if they're wired for imagination, then that's the vehicle that you have to communicate with them with. Just like, uh, you know, if, if you're trying to you know, you, you want to convey the truth to them, you know, and in and, and our audience, we're reason folk. We get it. That's that's the easy part. That's the easy sell for them. There's a whole lot of people out there, you know, and I was one of them. There's a there's a way that uh, the communication comes through where it registers. And sometimes you just can't, you know, just try to reason your way into it. We speak that language, I'm not trying to pat ourselves on the back. No, but we do. That's why we're yeah. talking about it. Yeah, we we we, we get that. Unfortunately, though, there is a lack in the in the vehicle to deliver it with. You got to have a delivery system for that. And if the and if the packaging, if the packaging doesn't attract the liberal, which they're totally all about, they're, they're almost like a cat, man. They're, it's, it's, it's like you give a cat a box and they're more interested in the package. Than the you, toy. Yeah. Right. Yeah, you you yeah. spent this spent money. $50,000 on cat toys, proving that theory. Right. And you bought, you crumple that packaging up and you throw it and the cat's in heaven or it just wants to jump in the box. That's what these people are like. They don't care. So that's what we got to do. So, OK, we, we need to somehow make it to where the packaging itself. That's it. Is the cell and make sure that the package itself is fortified with the truth. And that's what we have to get to. them. The media is the message. That's uh, Marshall McLuhan's statement from well over half a century ago. And he was <laughs> the first person to really see it. Yeah. No, that's exactly true. It's all based on wishful thinking and emotion. And 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 just just so we're clear on this, one of the, I remember discussing this back in the days of Obamacare, and I remember saying to a number of audiences, "Look, if healthcare was really free, I'd be in favor of free healthcare. What kind of a monster would I be to deny people free healthcare if it were free?" Right. Of course, I'd be willing to. Uh, of course, I'd be in favor of free health care if health care was free. But it's not free. It costs money. Now we yeah. got to figure out how to pay for it. And so this this kind of thing is using a little bit of, of rhetorical intelligence. They have. Um, there is something there's a phenomenon going on and and it, and the gap is widening between the uh, the 
uh, progressives' ability to, to appeal to motions and the conservatives' ability. The gap is actually widening. And it's widening because conservatives are, are running away from it. And they're running away from it because they've seen how much damage and lies can be accomplished through emotional manipulation. Mm -hmm. But this is a, uh, this is a, a false premise. You're, you're retreating uh, from a weapon that is, the, that is the weapon. What what Evan Sayed understood and what you and I understand and what hopefully most people understood, certainly what Andrew Breitbart understood when he said politics is downstream of culture. And, and you got to get comfortable with this, folks, because I know many of you don't like it. I don't like it either. I really don't. I wish it were different. But people do not vote based on what they think. They vote based on how they feel. And if Barack Obama can point to a little old lady and say that if you pass this legislation, her life will be saved. I found myself thinking, hey, maybe this Obamacare is not such a bad idea. It is overwhelmingly powerful. Mm -hmm. And we don't use it almost, almost exclusively because we don't know how. I've said it several times that I would much, much, much rather listen to an engineer sing than drive over a bridge designed by an actor. But... Uh, with that said, there's something about the, the, the conservative mindset that is not only not good at, uh, at this sort of uh, magic of, of entertainment, not only not good at it, they're kind of anti-good at it. An example I've used a lot is uh, uh, I went to see the um, Michael Jackson uh, Cirque du Soleil show in Vegas many years ago. And there's a scene in there where, where like these seven or eight Michael Jackson, I really, really excellent impersonators come out. And they start moonwalking up the walls, mm. right? Backwards. Moonwalking up the walls backwards. Mm. Everybody's like breathtaking. And I looked at this and the first thought in my mind was, okay, so how are they doing this? Okay, so they obviously have some kind of wire. I can see that. <laughs> Actually, if I look closely, I can see the harness underneath that, that, that belt there with all the sequins on it. So you probably got a computer that's moving these guys up and down relative to each other. And they're just in the center of gravity. And, and, and I realized that I was robbing myself of the moment, you know? And so I've come to realize that part of what, what we need to do is we have to try and teach conservatives how to not see the wires. Mm. In, a, in a general sense, progressives walk in there and go, wow, people can actually walk up walls. <laughs> our, our, our thing is, no, people can't walk up walls. This is ridiculous. There, there it is and so on. But what, what we miss, we're, we're right. Okay, we're right. People cannot walk up walls. In order to appear to be walking up a wall, you have to have wires and winches and all that other stuff. But when we are so busy analyzing these things, we deprive ourselves of the joy of the moment. And the progressives are not nearly that stupid. Uh, they, they, don't, they don't do that at all. Uh, another really good example, very similar to this, is magic, right? Uh, like, you know, stage magic. If you go into a stage magic show and your only goal is to try to figure out how the guy did it, then you leave your wonder at the door and you essentially have lost the joy of the experience. And this is what I mean by rhetorical intelligence. This is what I mean by... Uh, by the ability to tell a story versus the, uh, the almost, almost compulsive desire to destroy any magic or wonder on our part. 
because we've seen the damage that it's done. We've seen how people lie through emotions. And we've seen how all of this emotional manipulation has put us in this awful, awful place. And we think the problem is the emotional manipulation, but it's not. The problem is emotional manipulation towards evil goals. Oh, manipulation is too strong a term for what I want to do. They have to manipulate emotions because their fundamental message is so awful. We can simply express emotions and be truthful and honest and still use the weapons that we're not using. And if you don't believe me, how do you feel when you see, a, you know, a, a parade with and, and the veterans come marching down, you know, on the 4th of July? You know, or how do you feel at a baseball game when they sing the national anthem and everybody who's all completely different people get up, put their hands over their hearts and, and, uh, and either stand or sing the national anthem? How does it make you feel? It makes me cry. Hmm. So emotion is not is not in itself a bad thing. And by putting it off limits, we doom ourselves to failure. Definitely, man. And, you know, the Lord himself teaches about that, even with the, the manager who is um, he's, he's known as the dishonest manager. And the Lord gives the parable about him. But the long, long story short is, look, the children of the light don't know how to sell it. This is coming from the Lord. The children of the light don't know how to sell it. The children of the age do. You need to know how to use what the children of the age are doing. And it's just like you said, you use the tools not for nefarious means. You use the tools to promote the truth. You use the, tr the tools to do good. So you, it's these, you basically use the means without defiling yourself, basically. But it's still this, you want to use these effective tools to achieve a certain outcome. And that's what the Lord instructs us to do. He instructs us to be skillful. He instructs us to be uh, creative, innovative. I want you to create new fly stuff. I want you to get out there and let people know where the party is. The Lord is a party God. He's, he, 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 or, he ordained a bunch of festivals. He's a party God. But he, he's like, don't defile yourself in the process. But I need you to use these tools. And using mediums to know how to convey emotion, as long as you are not stoking the wrong kinds of emotion, if you're or lying. Exactly. Yeah. You're not, you're not, you're not using these things. You're not, and you're not giving people these false premises. And like you mentioned uh, earlier about like healthcare, Jesus himself, he didn't say anything because it, 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 it irks me when they try to lean on Jesus for these socialist policies that they do taking his name in vain. He's like, look, man, I never did any of that. My healthcare practice was private. <laughs> I never told the state to do the stuff that I was doing. I didn't give power to state to come in and impose such a thing. I did that by my own. Yeah, volition. and he did it. He did an awful lot of medicine without a license, too. I noticed, you know, right, pretty I, effectively. And if anybody was actually, you know, fully licensed to do it, it was him. But you know, I mean, he is he is the great physician. But the thing is, they have this idea that these things are supposed to just because you need them, they're supposed to be free. And it's like my my thing is, look. If you really value this idea of having health care and education and these things that you feel like you need, that tells me that they're valuable. What that tells me is that you should be willing to pay a price for it. <laughs> you don't get valuable things for free. All right. If, if you really want quality health care, you should be willing to pay for it. And health care will be one of those things if you let the market determine it. It's like a doctor's gonna not going to assume that I'm going to make a whole bunch of money if I charge up a yin-yang for this. Right. It's like, no, dude, you're going to have no, to yeah. make that affordable. So people- Yeah, the problem is with healthcare today is just regulation. It's an iron yes. triangle between government, giant insurance agencies, and giant um, you know, HMOs and and, and hotel uh, hospital chains. So. Sure. Now, I mean, don't get me wrong. It's not like people will say, man, I'm going to go get sick so I can get me some good affordable health care. No, it's not, it doesn't work that way. But even where it comes to- you know, even with insurance, 
You know, they've got this imaginary idea that, you know, the, the uh, our HMO should just be this this uh, uh, state uh, uh, issue thing where we can have. It's like, no, man, if, if, if you have insurance to say, look, man, uh, we don't cover pre-existing conditions. You may have a, an insurance company like, hey, if you give us a shot, you know, maybe across state lines, we will. Right. Yeah. And, My car uh, has 200 choices in insurance. I have three. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, the irony. You know, so it's like, and then somebody else is going to be like, hey, they charge a lot for that. You know, I could charge you a little bit. I think I can get away with charging you a little, a little bit less. So, but they have this imagination land where they can get afford to be doing that. And they definitely rob themselves by allowing their, um, their common sense to be robbed by an industry of make-believe. This industry of make-believe is, is, is very effective. And that's where liberals are because they're wired to be liars. And they succeed at an industry of make-believe because that's what it is. And like I said, it's the unfortunate thing is a lot of times they don't know when to clock out. No, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Uh, I mean, really, when you get right down to basics, a really excellent, excellent actor is the person who's the very best possible liar. Mm. Nothing he's saying is true. And, 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 and the better a liar he is, the more convincing he is. But here's the issue, and, and we'll let it go after this. When you... One of the lines I'm going to be using a lot uh, going forward with this project of ours is, you cannot lecture your way out of trouble that you got entertained into. Mm. And and the reason for that is actually pretty simple and, and, and easily understandable. If the message that somebody is trying to give you comes to you through entertainment, you enjoy the process. That's the definition of entertainment, mm. right? Entertainment is something you do to feel good when you have free time. If you put the message into the entertainment, not only do you get the message, you get all the positive, you get all the positive physical sensations, right? You go to a concert and you laugh or, you, or, 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 or a comic and you laugh. You go to a concert, you hear music that you like, you know, you're partying, you're feeling good. You go to a movie and that willing suspension of disbelief and all your critical filters go down and, oh, wow, spaceships and oh, werewolves. And... And so not only does the message get to you on a much deeper level because it goes right past your conscious mind, your conscious mind is not on duty when you're being entertained. That's why you get entertained is to get this thing out in front of you, out of the way. And so not only do they get the message in a, in a sort of a secret way without realizing it, but they get it so much more effectively. They get it subconsciously. They get it with all these positive emotional cues. Mm -hmm. And it is simply the reason why we're in this trouble. We think that the truth will protect us. But the truth doesn't do any good if people don't hear it. And if they don't hear it because it's being either filtered out, banned, censored, or more importantly, emotionally rejected because it's been identified as the enemy, then the only way to get this, this thing back is to, is to use the tools that got us into trouble in the first place. And the advantage that we have is twofold. Number one, we're telling the truth. And number two, you can't beat the biology out of people. We are working in, in the direction that God and nature intended, not trying to swim upstream against all of this natural, reasonable, rational, common sense, obviously true stuff. Absolutely, man. And, and the thing is, if we're going to be, you know, the party that, um, you know, ex you know, that stands behind supply and demand, 
um, there has to be a show of demand for what it is that we're trying to supply. And on the flip side of that, there has to be a supply of something that people would want to demand. Um, you know, on a side note, you know, a lot of times people would, would say, hey, Zoe, why don't you set yourself up as a nonprofit organization? I've heard that too. You know, and I'm Many like, times. yeah, and, 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 and I'm like, no, because here's the thing. A nonprofit organization is basically saying that, you know what, this wouldn't really sell in the free market. That's what yeah, it's we not, have. It's not worth doing, but since you have to pay the money, you might as well pay it to us rather than the government. Yes, yes. And, and, and you know, and, and to further step on some tolls, that's why, you know, we have these, you know, there's a lot of us, you know, in the church who are like, look, man, how the crap did we end up being given over to a 501c3 policy? How, how, do we, how, do we, how do we let the state take control of us like that? Because the thing is, when a person is going to make a, 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 do, a, a donation, a tithe, if, you, if they want to call it a tithe or a sacrifice, that's not showing true value in the church when you can write that off, right? When you sacrifice a goat, you don't get that goat back at the end of the year. All right? yeah, or, it's not a, or it's not a goat that was going to be taken from you anyway. That's right. You know, and, yeah. I mean, and the thing is, you know, when, when it comes to like, say, for instance, you're going to pay for Netflix. You don't expect to get your money back. You expect to pay that money. It was worth it for you to give up X amount of dollars and get entertained. But you're not going to get that money back. And, and you, don't, you don't get to write that off. You know, so, you know, in, in terms of setting up as a, as a nonprofit organization, even though I appreciate the idea, that doesn't tell, that doesn't show the value in the free market where people are saying, you know what, I am willing to part with this money and I'm not looking to write it off because I know that I'm going to get some good entertainment that I believe in. That's, that's what it's supposed to be. And so we want to be the, the um, you know, we want to really walk it like we talk it when we talk about supply and demand, show the demand. I mean, we, we see more people giving attention to these hoodlums and these and these heathens out there making this entertainment. Even if you don't like it, they get attention. You're going to see blogs about it and, and you're going to see it on the different news outlets. They getting their attention, more attention than people are getting who are trying to speak against these things and want to do it creatively. That stuff costs money. It costs money. It costs time, you know, and, and it, the, the resources that go into fighting this legion that we're up against is it's a big mountain. It's not it's not undo, it's not um it's not insurmountable, but it's gonna it takes a lot of resources. So we do want to be able to supply these things and it has to be met by the demand. So which one's gonna give the trust where it's like, you know what, we need this. Somebody out there's got to like us, somebody's out there trying to do it, and we want to get behind them folks, right? And then on our part, we're like, well, you know what? We want to supply it. Let's do business. Let's do business. Yeah. And uh and and kind of almost as a you know special gift to our customers, we save the country and civilization as well. Mm-hmm. Yep, you're going to get your chance to find out soon enough, ladies and gentlemen. And when you do, um, we're going to ask you to uh, to become a part of it. So start thinking. But we're not going to ask you to become a part of it without providing an awful lot of evidence and an awful lot of data, uh, because we've done our homework on this one and we've been doing our homework on this one for years and years and years and years. Uh, I have so much fun working with Zoe, and it's so nice to be able to work with him in uh, entirely different worlds of fantasy or science fiction. That's where we'll be able to do our best work without question, our best work. Uh, and he understands it, and I understand it, and I hope you understand it too. For all of the members of BillWhittle.com who make the show possible, thank you. I'm Bill Whittle. This is Alfonso Rachel, and we'll see you next time on The Virtue Signal. <laughs>